Hi, welcome to Curious Minds, a mini podcast series from Environment Platform Wales. In this series, we'll share bite-sized snapshots into the lives and careers of the brightest and the best the environmental sciences field has to offer, both here in Wales and further afield. In this podcast, we'll explore the career paths and routes travelled by our guests to their current careers, and share firsthand how others can access top organisations, companies and research institutions. You can find out more about the opportunities and partnerships we offer via our careers hub on epwales.org.uk, where you can find undergraduate information, doctoral training opportunities, as well as research openings and call-outs. Welcome to episode five of Curious Minds with Environment Platform Wales. For this episode, we're chatting with Josie Jackson. She's a specialist advisor for Natural Resources Wales in the Integrated Evidence Group. So part of her role is focused on improving how we bring evidence together to inform environmental decision making. So obviously evidence is quite complex and difficult to understand. So part of what Josie does is to improve communication of evidence to enable a more informed conversation about natural environment between NRW and their customers. And prior to this, she did a PhD in evolutionary biology and conservation genetics and a short postdoc on Wolverine genomics. It's great to have you with us on the show, Josie. Thank you for joining us. Hello, Josie. Hi. <laughs> Hello, it's nice to speak with you. Hi, and you too. I'm sorry it's a bit later than originally planned. Oh no, don't worry. These things happen, it's Friday. We're trying to get everything done before the weekend. Okay, so before we get into it, I just wanted to um, let you know, we did speak with Holly yesterday, so we've, um, so we're having a little bit of a, of a taster of what it's like to be a specialist advisor in Natural Resources Wales. Yeah, I um I listened back to Holly's and I'm I'm glad that you spoke to her first because she covered all NRW bases. So exactly, I myself and my <laughs> <laughs> my lack of knowledge. <laughs> no, it'd be good if you give us a flavour of um what your role is and how it dif- differs to Holly because I know that um there's a lot of advisors in NRW, isn't there? And uh, so it'd be good to, for you to paint a picture of um, of your roles. Quite interesting with the communication element in there as well. Yeah, so we both sit in the integrated evidence group, and um, and then it's a bit of a complicated um, structure for the group because the group has specialist um, leads, and then underneath specialist leads, there's a group called um, evidence processes programs and the last one is processes programs and something else um which i should <laughs> definitely know <laughs> um there's so many ep and epps and all sorts in nrw um and within there there's a group of us kind of multidisciplinary specialist advisors so um i'm the specialist advisor for evidence synthesis and evidence communications um and holly is the specialist advisor for futures and innovation and then we've got um behavioral insights we've got specialist advisor for 
modeling and risk and uncertainty um there's yeah there's there's a big diversity but we cross cut so many different themes that there's often a project that goes on and you'll think oh well that will suit this person but then you have that conversation like oh actually this goes into this other person this other person it's really nice to work so multidisciplinary right across the um organization and within the group itself so um yeah it's it's a great group to be a part of yeah when you sent me your biog um you've got a little you've got a little line in there it says evidence is often complex and difficult to understand so what you do is trying to improve the communication of it so in practice what does that look like then yeah so because um because the work that nrw does covers so many different audiences it's um for the general public um it's for welsh government um policy makers for researchers all sorts so when we're talking about evidence um maybe we're talking about research and often research is really complicated and it's kind of been written sometimes as a um written for other researchers so there's lots of complicated jargon in there there might be some words that are really specific to specific fields and making that available for everybody else to understand means that we can have this two-way conversation between the people that are using the environment and people that are managing the environment and the policy makers so it just makes it more open to everybody um, so that's part of my role is to kind of open up the conversation and make things available um, in terms of evidence for everyone to get involved with that conversation and for us to um, make some nice positive changes for the environment of Wales and uh, and beyond. Okay so are you allowed to tell us what what um, sort of program of work or what is the main thing that keeps you busy? Is there a particular project or area of work that takes up a lot of your time and energy then? Um, so it's quite a difficult question because my um, my daily routine is so different from one day to the next so I couldn't say a single piece of work or a single piece of um, like a single project um, mm. NRW has to like through the environment that has to produce sonar which is the state of natural resources report um, and also area statements so I've been um, a little bit involved with the state of natural resources reports which will be coming out um, at the end of this year and into next year so that takes up um, a portion of time but I wouldn't say it was the majority it's um it's hugely diverse so I'll be working on um, conferences, internal and external conferences to kind of celebrate and um, communicate the evidence activities that we're doing in NRW. But at the same day, I might be um, helping someone with a method for how to collate lots of evidence together. So it's it's massively different. And um, the projects are, they come and go throughout the year. Um, So there's not one that kind of takes up most of my time, I'd say. Can you touch on some of the, the, you know, the difficulties and the challenges with your role? So I know um, as, a, as a communications officer, I, it, is, it can be quite difficult when you're communicating science and obviously working with lots of different partners who have their own styles. So can you just touch a little bit on that and um, then we'll, we'll move on to skills after that then? Yeah, sure. So um, I think you definitely nailed it <laughs> with um, what I was going to say for that question. I think the the biggest challenge, as much as what I like best, is the variety and the variety in audiences that we're trying to communicate with. So um, these will range from really specialist researchers and um, specialists within their fields to 
yeah to the general public so the challenge there is to make sure that what we're saying um, is interpreted correctly for all of those different audiences um, and I, I would say that that is the biggest challenge and it's it's something that we are working on for uh, presentations and internal kind of work but it's also things that may be difficult to put on paper as well so for example the state of natural resources report and um, the primary audience for that is Welsh government but there's also many other audiences so in our writing we also have to be trying to get all of that technical detail in there but at the same time making sure that the language and the ways that we're communicating um, makes it accessible to everybody I'd say that's definitely the the biggest challenge of the job I think <laughs> so making making things uh as accessible and plain English obviously <laughs> exactly yeah and just making it so that the way that we've presented it can only be interpreted in the way that we want it to be interpreted <laughs> so yeah. they're like reducing any ambigu ambiguities um, and just making sure everyone's on that same page okay so one thing I really want to ask you about um, is I didn't know this about you, but your PhD, can you tell us what that and your postdoc as well? That's really fascinating. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that. So I've, I've gone on a bit of, um, I went through quite a, um, an academic pathway, I'd say, but um, I've, all the time trying to make it applied. So um, my PhD was on the, um, well, it was, it was evolutionary biology, focusing on the um, influence of mating systems on dispersal of shorebirds <laughs> so it's quite different from my day <laughs> job now but um, so we were looking at how different traits within birds and specifically shorebirds might influence um, the way that they move and in doing so the way that they move um, the way that they breed in different locations and the implications of that in terms of the evolution of those different species um, and then my postdoc went a little bit more applied um, and I was working with uh, Nina, which is the Nature Institute um, in Norway. And um, they were, we were tasked with trying to use really quite complicated genomic methods. So using lots and lots of data to understand where wolverines go in Fenoscandia. So that's Finland's, uh, Sweden and Norway. Because um, mm. carnivores are, um, carnivals in those areas they can be persecuted they're really heavily managed but it's the best monitoring scheme in the world so we were using yeah. these really techno technologically advanced methods to be able to tell them a little bit more about where they're going and that way it can help their management of those species a little bit better so how much time did you spend did you actually you were over there then doing this research no, so, well, during my PhD, I did have um, a lovely portion of fieldwork, which was brilliant. I got to go to, I'm um, very lucky to be able to go to Madagascar and China and um, South Africa and things. Um, in my postdoc, I went over for a, a dissemination trip. So it was to share with our colleagues in Norway. So this was a collaboration between Cardiff University and Nina. And um, it was to the trip was to kind of share the progress that we'd made and think about the next steps. Um, but it was really it was a really great trip because just by chance um, within Nina, there's lots of everybody is connected. It's a bit like Wales in Norway, I think, with them um, very few um, levels of connection that link everyone together. And uh, I went away for a really amazing cabin weekend. And during that weekend, um, I was talking to one of the managers in kind of a similar role I would assume to she worked in a similar organization as NRW but in Norway 
Um, mm -hmm. And so we were talking about how I could um, help with the research that we were doing um, in their management. And that was really, really insightful because it meant that I wasn't just looking at all of this data. I was actually using that trip to disseminate to the people who are making those decisions on the grounds, not just to the researchers that we were collaborating with. That's so interesting. And you're the only person I know that has Wolverine genomics on their CV. So <laughs> congratulations on that. Lots of people say, what's that? What's a Wolverine's actually real? That's not just Hugh Jackman. It's like... <laughs> Yes, Do you have some kind of T-shirt with that on the front? Oh no, I don't. W Wolverine really... genomics expert, or so I don't know. Like, it's so just really, really cool. <laughs> okay, so on to then career paths and skills. Now, like, are there any skills that you, looking back, you think, oh, I wish I'd done a little bit more with that, or alternatively, skills that you recommend others look at, you know, developing? Yeah, so I think through my um, kind of journey so far um undergrad and phd and postdoc and things i realized this the other day that i've almost taken every opportunity that i could to get out of those um those different experiences so for example during my undergrad i took um, a placement year and lived in the rainforest for a year and for my phd i took a placement and worked for a charity um during after my phd i took a placement and worked for an ecological consultancy so i'd say that taking all of those opportunities um, resulted in a, a quite a wide range of skills that were quite applicable for maybe different areas of environmental sciences. Um, so mm. I definitely think, I would definitely recommend that. Um, take all the chances you can get to experience different things and whether that is something that you really enjoy or whether that is something that actually, no, I don't want to go further with that and I know that I don't want to because now I've experienced it. I think those are really valuable. Um, I mm. think I think in terms of um, skills that I gained that I use and that I kind of wish that I had I'd say I definitely use um, kind of critical appraisal every day um, in what I do and that questioning of well is that actually real is that the evidence that we have does that represent the current knowledge of that particular question um, and all of those soft skills of um, communicating uh, I think Holly touched on this as well Communicating to all of these different um, different broad audiences is a massive skill and something that I would definitely encourage people to get involved in any opportunity that they have um, to really gain that confidence in talking uh, to the public about your work, but also to other specialists and also to people maybe who can influence decisions that are being made in that same topic. Um, so, and yeah, I'd probably say probably say those are the main two and to recognize the skills that you've developed so sometimes I think it's it's really easy to brush past some of the skills that we're developing in these really specific projects so certainly for PhDs or maybe your undergraduate dissertation you're working on something so so specific but take a step back and think actually what are the skills that I'm developing more broadly um, things like mm. project management financial management supervision of students like all of those things are really um, they're really transferable, but they're maybe not as um, obvious when you're first looking at a job application to recognise that you do have them. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably say say that lot um, for the different skills. Um, yeah, it's just taking all of all of the chances, really meeting as many people as you can get, talking to them about what they do, because 
it's only a couple of decisions that you make that often lead you into, well, certainly for me anyway, that's led me in, down this path. And I often think, oh, if I just made a different decision, I might be in a completely different area of environment <laughs> sciences, but I know that I'd enjoy it just because I'm a bit <laughs> of a nerd really. And I just, I like learning and I like doing things that are interesting. And every time I'm exposed to something new, I think, oh, that's fascinating. I want to learn more about that, but there's just not enough time. <laughs> <laughs> So is there anything else, like, do you have a, a little checklist or a wish list of projects or think, you know, places you think, oh, I'd love to have a go at working there or not, not that I'm saying leave your post, <laughs> but, you know, just, just those niggly things that we think, oh, if, if I wasn't doing this, I would be doing that or I'd love to be doing that. Yeah, so I think I'm, I'm quite lucky in the way that I've got um, an honorary position at Cardiff University as an associate. So it means that some of those questions that crop up that I think, oh, I'm really interested in that. There are pathways that I can go down to be able to develop those outside of my outside of my work. So mm. um, in terms of oh, I have questions that come up every day, I'll just look out the window and I think of something that's that I'd like to pursue. But um I think the when I went to Madagascar and the work that was being done there, I would say that um, working with local people and capacity building in different countries that maybe don't have the resources at the moment, I'd say that that's a, a big passion of mine and trying to develop those skills and capacity build local people to be able to research and understand their own, um, their own wildlife and ecosystems and environment around them. Uh, that's probably my my biggest passion outside of outside of the day job I'd say oh that's wonderful uh, thank you so much for chatting with us about your career path and it's varied and really interesting and colorful <laughs> oh it's been a pleasure <laughs> so I won't hold you anymore because I know you have to nip out soon but um yeah thank you Josie thanks for joining us on our on our podcast no problem thanks for inviting me cheers bye. Then. take care bye